0: any qualms of writing for Bush? Obviously, you weren't a Bush supporter at the time. I mean, there are people I know that would like
1: unfriend yeah. me, you know, for yeah. having written for Bush. But you know, my thing, I, and I do have standards, and I'll tell you exactly what they are. He is the president of the United States. And I'm an yeah. American, so fuck it. You know, I'll just, I, I definitely am not going to turn that down, you know, even though I disagree yeah. with everything he did. And it's not like I'm moving his Iraq plans forward. I'm just mm. letting him tell a few jokes. If it if it makes a difference in an election, then I'm not yeah. gonna like work for somebody that I don't like.
2: Yes, that is the voice of Bruce Cherry, and he is our guest today on Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. Not only is Bruce a stand-up comedian, but he has written comedy and jokes for numerous politicians, including then-President George W. Bush. And we're going to do a deep dive into what it's like to write jokes and comedy for presidents and politicians. And just a footnote, I originally interviewed Bruce back in 2016 for a story I did in Vice on just that topic, writing jokes for presidents. I'll put a link in the show description if you want to check that out. And since this interview was done in 2016, there are a lot of references to things that happened in 2016. Most notably, a brash upstart named Donald J. Trump, who was the candidate at the time, soon to be, well, you know, the worst president in the history of humanity. Additional footnote, since this was recorded in 2016, note the audio quality not very good. Because let's be frank, back in 2016, the audio quality of Comedy History 101 was, at times, sketchy. But before we jump into the episode, a few quick plugs. On January 7th, 7pm, at the People's Improv Theater in New York, I'll be presenting my show, AI versus Human Roast Battle. Come out and see a human comedian... Take on a machine-learning AI in a roast battle of tomorrow. Also, on January 12th, 7 p.m. at the Red Room, I'll be presenting my show, Tale, NYC's Finest Storytelling. And while we're at it, on February 6th, 9.30 at Caveat, in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, I'll once again be presenting my show, AI versus Human Roast Battle. And you can find out about all these dates on my site, HarmonLeon.com, or check me out on the social medias at Leon. Also, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps the show out. Show a little love. It takes like seconds and we'll actually read your comments on the air which we're going to do at the end and just just a little teaser it's going to somehow incorporate AI in the reading of listener mail also you can check out our site comedyhistory101.com or follow us on the social medias at comedyhistory 101 And by the way, next week is going to be our last podcast of the year, which is going to be a 2023 wrap up of my favorite moments from all the interviews we did this year. And it's been a big year because Comedy History 101 was off for a good solid two years, and we resurrected like a phoenix again this year. And there was a lot of great comedy history moments. And now, without further ado
0: you're stupid everybody's so stupid
2: i'm trying to use the phone excuse me comedy history 101
0: let's jump into it what is your background and how did you get into writing for politicians
1: well i did stand-up comedy for many years it was brilliant Still do it. There was a comic named Evan Davis who started a business that we would write jokes for anybody, and I knew him from the old days of comedy and started working for him at his. It was called Head Writers. So I started writing for him on one of our clients. You know, we did like anybody that needed comedy that couldn't write it themselves. So we do like right. magicians and impressionists and stuff like that. And one of the guys we got was a George Bush impersonator named Steve Bridges, who was brilliant. He had, like, this Oscar-winning makeup artist, like, make him look... He already looked a little like Bush, but he made mm-hmm. him look exactly like it. And he just was making a mint, going from place to place at, like, conventions and gatherings, doing this George Bush stuff, and we'd write all the material for him. And Barbara Bush saw him at an event, and loved him so much he told George this is when George was president, told George about it. So George <laughs> used him they, they appeared together I don't yeah. know what year it was, but they they both appeared together at one of the uh but like the correspondence dinner. Uh it might have been the yeah, T V okay. correspondence or the mm-hmm. the just the White House correspondence, but one of the correspondence dinners, Steve Bridges as George Bush, appeared with George Bush and that went over great. <laughs>
2: Members of the White House Correspondents Association, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, here I am.
1: That was a year that Stephen Colbert, like, blew up the room by, like, really being edgy. And nobody remembered, like, Steve Bridges and the double George Bush thing because, like, Stephen Colbert had made such a, like, splash with what he did.
2: Wow, what an honor, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, to actually, to, to sit here at the same table with my hero, George W. Bush, to be, to be this close to the man. I, I feel like I'm dreaming. Somebody pinch me. You know what? I'm, I'm a pretty sound sleeper. That may not be enough. Somebody shoot me in the face. <laughs> Is he really not here tonight? George Bush remembered it because he liked that better. We didn't work
1: for Bush per se. I mean, Evan actually got to meet him and go to the White House, but I never left my apartment. And we wrote for him for a few things. And then we got recommended to do something called the Alfalfa Club, which is the gathering of the 100 most powerful people in Washington. That's all they do. That's all the club is, to gather once a year and have a dinner. And, like, they have a joke nomination for president – They'll nominate someone who's actually in politics, like Michael Bloomberg or Sandra Day O'Connor, and that person will give an acceptance speech, and then other people will come up and talk about them. It's a roast, essentially, and it's been going on for like a 100 years. So we started writing for those, and I ended up writing for a lot of people. You're
0: stupid. Everybody's so stupid. When Barbara Bush saw the George Bush impersonator, what year was that? I'd say around 2007. What's the process when you're writing for like a George Bush? Example is like you know how many jokes do you write to how many do they actually use, and and how do you present it to them? Would like Evan present it to them, or exactly
1: Evan was like the point person, and everything went through him to another guy. God, forget his name. He was like he worked for the Bush White House. It was really easy and fun. I would just sit there and turn page after page of stuff. And I didn't have to worry too much if it was like, oh my God, you can't say that. Because Evan would edit (laughs) everything, you know. I mean, I didn't want to waste Evan's time, so I'm obviously not doing things.
0: But would would they give you parameters like, you know, don't mention this, don't mention that, or anything like that? Or were you just kind of free to go, and then Evan would edit it down to the best bits?
1: Yeah. You know, if there were parameters, I was unaware of them except for, like, common sense, you know?
0: You can't be, yeah. like,
1: criticizing the guy's <laughs> actions, like, really yeah. heavily or anything. You can make fun of him. The funny thing about, like, writing for both the impersonator and the real George Bush is, like, you know, conservative, <laughs> even conservative audiences love dumb George Bush jokes.
0: George Bush loved like, them. Like, what What would be an example of, like, a, a dumb George Bush joke that you wrote? Well, this for- is
1: one... This is what I wrote for Jeb Bush when he did the Alfalfa mm-hmm. Club.
0: Oh, right. Okay. So you're written for Jeb as well?
1: Yeah. He was so the Did George turn into guy.
0: Jeb? Or it just became like for the al- because of the Alfalfa Club? It was just got the got Alfalfa Alpha
1: Club. It, it just coincidence right. with him. But I, I wrote a George a joke about George. Joke for um, Jeb? Yeah. And it was <laughs> George told me he's thinking of running again. I said, George, the Constitution prohibits you from running for a third term.
0: He said, Wow. They put my name in the Constitution. Since it was like at the Alfalfa Club, was there anything like that was televised where you, where you actually you know heard and deliver your lines?
1: That's kind of the... I'm so far removed from what I do when it gets delivered. I've never met a single famous person I wrote for. I've never, like, gone to any performance whatsoever. And the Alfalfa Club, that's what I lost my train of thought. The Alfalfa Club doesn't allow any recordings whatsoever, and so nothing has ever surfaced. A few press people get to go, and so all Mm -hmm. I would get is, like, there'll be, like, a blog listing or, you know, just a a short article in the Washington Post or the New York Times about, and they'll quote some of the best jokes, and it was always great to make that. So you knew, you you know, that you killed or whatever, just by the fact that, you know, out of, like, whatever, a couple-hour, presentation. Mm -hmm. One or two of your jokes are quoted in the newspaper article. So, you know, it's kind of neat. I don't mind that at all, just having everything be so far removed where it's not like in people's faces. It just happens. You just send it out, which kind of works out because I have to do that kind of stuff all...
2: or youtube
0: it was it just the alfalfa awards that you wrote for bush or was it other events as well Did a couple other correspondence type dinners
2: the thing i talked about
1: at that show was one year they decided to try to send george bush out into the audience of journalists at one of these correspondence <laughs> things they were going to send him out in the audience with questions on cards like David Letterman going around asking, <laughs> you know, cuts of meat and stuff, and which is really, really? as you know, as a comic, that is it's really difficult because you got to just, you got to like improv yeah. a ton of stuff. And I'm sure that it's the same for David Letterman. They give him like a bunch of possible things to say. If this happens, if that happens, like if the person can't answer, then you say this, but you have to be able to, pick those out and to have them ready, even though even if they're on cards. And most yeah. of it ends up being improv. I wasn't involved in the practice sessions, but Evan said, you know, he was looking good. He was doing it really well. Yeah, I think that would have been like one of the weirdest things ever <laughs> to have like, you know, a guy who is has a reputation for not being able to construct a sentence doing like, yeah. something that highly skilled in terms of improv. And supposedly he was doing great but what happened there was a shooting which there frequently are and the event went on but bush didn't even come because it was only a couple of days before and you know it would have been the wrong thing to do in terms of optics yeah okay <laughs> so, so it never happened too bad i'm trying to
2: use-
0: Is there any politicians that find themselves as amateur jokesmiths that actually do try to pen their own jokes? I don't know, because I never, like, worked for Obama. It's weird that I ended up with, like, all these Republicans, but it just happened through the George Bush impersonator connection,
1: where they, like, suggest stuff, you know? Did you ever find out who did Trump? Uh, I'd be interested to know, just...
0: Well, let's see. So at that Al Smith dinner, he was clearly reading off of a piece of paper. So I don't know who was his writer, but you know, there's an article in Huffington Post about Ray James and the people that wrote for him on the roast. And Trump would come in and make like corrections of everything and just like ruin jokes. Yeah. Like uh, I, there was a good one about what's his name? Family guy, Seth McFarland. It's like the only way he can draw a crowd is with a pencil and Trump changes it to something way. The only way he can draw a crowd is if they're flies, you know, he would change suits stuff like that. So like generic
1: and that I think maybe his people like Steve Bannon and stuff might've just compiled like pretty, you know, there was like a, a pardon me joke where. Yeah. Know, there's a no way he came out. I mean, that was
0: actually kind of a good joke. And, uh, but that's no kind of, that.
1: it's very
0: stock, you know, I'm sure anybody yeah.
1: that just goes through old transcripts of other mm. events like that could just like yeah, create true. something generic, and it was really generic. And then there yeah. was one that was evidently a really good one about Melania giving the exact same speech. That was like, I watched it, and that was his best line in terms of response by a, a ton, but it was almost directly lifted off of a cartoon, a political cartoon. I forget where it came from, but it was like almost verbatim. You know, I could see several people coming up with that joke. If you had a professional joke writer doing that, yeah. you know, that's just something that occurs to you. And it's, you know, God, you write a joke and then Google it and like... Unless it's something bizarrely personal to you, chances are
0: somebody's mm-hmm.
1: done something pretty similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the guy who's, like, the head of Funny or Die in Washington, D.C. does a lot of Obama stuff. Because Obama has, like, great delivery. Who, in your mind, do you think is the funniest president or or has the best delivery or a natural comedian? And who do you think is just can't get it right? You know, candidates or recent presidents? Bush did really
1: good. He knew how to, like, pause and deliver a line. He was actually quite (laughs) good. You know, he's just a natural. And then Obama's just smart, and he has that really good timing, and he knows... He pauses anyway, like, if you listen to him like yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. it's, like, insane, the pauses. And that works really well if you're doing dry humor, which is the stuff they give mm-hmm. them, you know. It's not like slapstick. It's very thoughtful, and it works out perfectly to the way he talks and then he mugs and stuff. Obama and Bush are the two most recent ones. they were really good. You know, I think somebody that really didn't have it was Al Smith four years ago. I Romney, man, just him. Yeah. Just the delivery. And the jokes were, like, really marginal. Do you think that is part
0: of the process that the candidate or his people are just, you know, they're the ones that are picking which bits to use, and they just don't have the good sense of picking or knowing, you know, what a good joke is?
1: Yeah, you know, he did. I realize he's a
0: Mormon and stuff,
1: but he did, Uh like, some biblical jokes that were just obscure and not funny. And it was just, I (laughs) think... Somebody said, "Well, you want to play to your to the evangelical base, so do a couple jokes that uh, you know uh, a Noah riff, you know, which you can mm-hmm. do if it's good, but it just wasn't good. Yeah, they just shoehorned it in there because they wanted to mention something in the Bible. You know? Yeah, and it's like, no, just go with the best jokes.
0: Yeah, And what about Jeb? Was Jeb good timing wise?" Better than George, or not as good as George? You know what? I have no idea because
1: it would happen at the Apollo Club, and I never saw any kind of recordings of it. And I've never really seen mm-hmm. him doing. He's a pretty. Eh,
0: I can't even
1: be as good as Bush because he gives off more of a thoughtful presence than Bush does. Bush is just perfect for comedy. Was,
0: was there any qualms of like writing for Bush? You weren't you? Were, I mean, obviously, you weren't a Bush supporter at the time.
1: You know what? That's something that I have. I mean, there are people I know that would, like, unfriend me, you know, for having written for Bush. But, you know, my thing, and I do have standards, and I'll tell you exactly what they are, and one of them has to do with Ronnie. When I got everything write for George Bush, that was one of the first ones, and it was like, he is the president of the United States, and I'm an American, so fuck it. You know, I'll just, I I definitely am not going to turn that down, you know, even though I disagreed with everything he did. And it's not like I'm moving his Iraq plans forward, I'm just mm. letting him tell a few jokes. Um, so I, didn't, <laughs> I, I that was not a problem for me, and everybody else that I've written for is, is not a mm. problem. But a couple of times, like we got – Evan told me one time we got a call from Rick Santorum's people when he was running. Oh, yeah. And Evan said, you know, to me, Rick Santorum is just too – I don't think we... I don't want to try to do it. And he offered it to me if I wanted to take it entirely on myself. And I was like, no, that sounds just difficult. And, and, you know, he's... Supposedly, he's a nice guy, but it's just his views are so, like... Yeah. Strange. And the other one was Romney at the Al Smith dinner, where we hadn't written for Romney before, and we got offered... The Al Smith job, and when Evan called me, he said at that that at that point, Romney had just won the first debate and he was surging, and he was within like a point of Obama in the polls, mm-hmm. you know. And Evan said, you know, I'm I'm not going to do it, but if you want it, it's like the the amount of money is insane. Yes, <laughs> you know, I thought about it, and I'm like. I said, you know what? If I take this job, and, and he wins. Romney, and Romney <laughs> wins, then I won't have. I'll have the biggest payday of my life, and then I won't have health insurance. If it if it makes a difference in an election, then I'm not yeah. going to like work for somebody that I don't like. And you know, as it turned out, man, I mean, at that time I actually had a writing job for a radio network, but. A few months later, I lost that, and now I'm on Obamacare, you know. Thank you very much. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. right
1: choice there, because I'm sure if I would have written <laughs> jokes for Mitt Romney for the Al Smith dinner, he would have killed so much that he would have won the election. Excuse
0: me. When you're ready for that, how many jokes do you have to turn over for them?
1: I don't think that I have to. Like, I would just write, like... Ten, fifteen pages of like fourteen point type, you know. So that's like ten jokes. I'd, I'd write over a hundred jokes. You know, you'd get two or three in, and and Evan would say, "Man, you got more than anybody." Because there'd be whole teams of people doing it.
0: So is that so, is that usually the ratio? Like you write about a hundred, and like about three get in. Well, I don't, I don't know how Or it just it just people. kind of and depends would, on case by case, just, sort of scenario. You know, when I'm yeah,
1: when I'm. You know, I'm writing for Evan. I want him to look at it and love it. If I don't get anything in and he thinks I'm great. Of course, Evan is retired. He doesn't really, you know, he quit comedy and everything. The head writer's thing, he pulled the plug on it a few years ago. Ever since, and if he gets calls, he recommends me, them to me. So here's,
0: here's kind of like a generic question What do you think the importance of jokes for politicians is,
1: you know, well, showcasing
0: guess. them to be funny.
1: Anybody wants to be able to tell jokes. If somebody mm-hmm. can't be funny, then you think less of them, I would think. And if somebody really can be funny, you too impressive. You think like that person can think on their feet. It's a skill, you know, and mm-hmm. any skill, you know, like when Obama like couldn't bowl <laughs> for his life, <laughs> you know, that um, like that took him down in the eyes of like, Everybody, you know, even I, you know, I I loved Obama but I'm like, Jesus Christ <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yep. throw a gutter ball and uh humor is a much more a skill that would be translated much better to the skills needed to be president of the United States in terms of communication skills and things like that. So
0: like in the Republican debates, you know, Trump was coming in, you know, his job was pretty much just to come in with the zingy line, you know, at the end and do you think that In itself, you know, propelled him, like just to be able to just do the Z-E liners. He's
1: not real, he's not real funny. He's just mean, you know, know, giving meaning nicknames. You know, I think that's what sells him. People that want mean like them, you know, he's not funny Mm -hmm. at all, as you saw. That's the worst I've ever seen a politician bomb at that. At uh, the Al Smith dinner?
0: Yeah. Oh, God, that was just, like, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny I mean, to watch, like, the reaction of the people like that were surrounding him. <laughs> they <It> were <was> just <laughs> horrified. But so, uh, I guess, you know, going to the current race, are, are either Hillary or Trump funny in your mind? Trump is, like, the opposite of funny. And
1: I think Hillary did a good job, you know. She's just so professional about everything that she did probably what Madeline Albright did and just... Studied some comet timing and like got it down and just delivered, you know. So I don't think she's like a naturally humorous person, but she knows you know, this skill of like God being able to like sometimes you watch them smiling doing all like stuff that has to go on and you're like God, that is, I couldn't do that, you know, when someone is like talking or some little kid is performing at some sort of the, You have to have this beaming, yeah. oh, so cute look, you know? I'm like, yeah. how can you fucking do that for like 20 minutes? Still of phoniness in a sense, but you know what? That's, uh, that's the way the game's played, so congratulations.
0: What do you think was the greatest line ever delivered by a politician or what is your favorite line that you've written for a politician? You know what? This is a guy named Jack Mayberry wrote for Henry Mm -hmm. Kissinger.
1: Unfortunately, it's going to be really hard to come off in print, but Henry Kissinger, when he was like 90 years old, Kissinger's making fun of how old he himself is and he said, I am 90 years old, but I still have all my faculties, knock on wood. And he wrapped the table or he had wrapped the podium a couple times with his fist, paused for a second and said,
2: who's there? And that wraps up our episode today on the history of writing comedy for George W. Bush. And remember, take some time to like, subscribe and just comment or throw a star or two up. Show some love. Let us know you're out there. And we will read your comments on the air, such as this comment from a Quentin Walker on the history of the Andrew Dice Clay controversy. And here's our little AI twist. We will read Quentin's comment in the AI voice of Tucker Carlson. It is very obvious he is playing a character that is supposed to be perceived as ridiculous, a toxic, bigoted Guido. I was 10 and watched him in the Midwest. My family did too. Everybody thought he was just being ridiculous. People aren't able to examine context carefully because it feels empowering to be righteous, like the commentator who condemns Dice as forever. He was probably always a decent person. Thank you, Quentin, for your comments in the AI voice of Tucker Carlson. And if you have a comment, be sure to check out our site, ComedyHistory101.com, or you can hit me up on the social medias at HarmonLeon, and we'll be back next week with our year end wrap up of Comedy History 101. And until then, bye bye.
0: You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid.
2: I'm trying to use the phone. Excuse me. Comedy History 101.